This is One on One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With the top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One on One's NFL Friday. This is our 23rd time, the penultimate time that we're going to try and get this right. It is One on One's NFL Friday here from our WFUV studios in New York City. Mike Watts and Kenny Ducey with you here for this one. It is Super Bowl week. It is finally Super Bowl week. And Kenny, I don't know about you, I couldn't be more excited to watch the commercials. Oh, I, I could not be more excited <laughs> to watch Harbaugh's, and I'm sure that there needs to be there's some over under on how many times Har, the word Harbaugh will be mentioned. But I would certainly take the over because they're just going to pepper in the the Jackie Harbaugh and the Jack Harbaugh and all these Harbaugh's. Uh, I I I love Harbaugh's, so I, I can't be more happy about that. But I mean, yeah, you can watch those uh, Tostitos commercials if you want. <laughs> I'm sure Harbaugh will receive more mentions than either Coughlin or Belichick a year ago. Maybe both of them can vo- uh, combined in that last Super Bowl, but. This is a packed-up show. This is as good as it gets. We're rolling out all the stops. Ryan Rucco, an FUV alum, television voice of the Nets and the Florida men's basketball on Yes. He hosts a show on ESPN New York with Stephen A. Smith. He has a weekly show on Yes called This Week in Football. He's going to join us here. He'll be our first guest. But uh, he's not even one of the guys from the Super Bowl cities. We've got one from each. Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Baltimore Ravens on WBAL since 2006. He will be with us, as will sports columnist Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News. He covers the Bay Area and is in New Orleans as well. So we've got a full slate of people coming up here. But, Kenny, before we go any further, obviously they'll have their talk about it. What what's the main storyline you're looking into as we go into this week? Well, geez, there are so many. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback, which is so unique in this Super Bowl. There's a rookie quarterback, and remember, not even he didn't even start the whole season. He's incredibly talented. He could you know manage he could manage MVP if he wanted to. I think that's a big storyline. I like Ray Rice too. Uh, I think I mentioned this earlier on in the week when I was talking with uh, one of our colleagues, DJ Sixsmith. He's been to the Pro Bowl three of his first five years, and everyone said he was too small to play. So that's that's pretty impressive that he's been able to have this kind of success early on in his career. I like that storyline. So needless to say, plenty of things we'll be watching. The Nevada quarterback, of course, who runs maybe a different scheme, and perhaps we'll see if that's the way that the NFL quarterback position will continue to progress over the next few years. RG3, Cam Newton come to mind, and Colin Kaepernick, the second-year quarterback out of Nevada, also a guy that, needless to say, needs to be looked at. But again, it's going to be a a fun show here today. We're going to have a wrap-up show next week to kind of go over this game. We're going to talk the Pro Bowl later. They got amazing, amazing ratings for, for what is truly an exhibition, nothing more. No. It's it's bad enough when the game doesn't really mean anything. It's even worse when you have the center from the other team switch sides <laughs> to snap to Peyton Manning. I mean, that's just how much of a joke it is. No one cares. And, I mean, clearly the teams don't mean – like I, I mean, players get paid because, you know, they get on those Pro Bowl teams. But other than that, I mean, it's just kind of a joke to some. Well, let me tell you who's not a joke. Ryan Rucco, a Fordham and WFUV alum, the television voice of Fordham men's basketball, and a backup voice for Nets basketball on Yes. He's the host of ESPN New York's Stephen A. Smith show. He hosts a weekly NFL show this week in football on the Yes Network. And more importantly, Kenny, he's an all-around good dude. Ryan is on Radio Row. He's going to give us some time this afternoon. Ryan, how you doing? You know what? I think I'm going to take you with me, my brother, wherever I am, trying to pick up ladies and have you give that introduction right there, okay? Hey, that sounds uh, good. I'm getting no love over here. Well, I'm a great reference well, on you resume, are, You Ryan. are. And that beautiful voice of yours, too. I'm sure you would say. Oh, there we go. I'll take both of you with me then. <laughs> Fair enough, Ryan. You are in New Orleans right now. The talk of the Super Bowl, obviously, there's, there's many storylines. Before we get to the Super Bowl, per se, New Orleans obviously was embroiled in scandal for most most of the year, really. Roger Goodell was vilified in New Orleans by the bounty scandal. Obviously, Sean Payton recently reinstated, but what's the feeling around the city about the NFL commissioner? I hear he can't even eat in some places. I hope he he got something to eat. 
Well, you know what? I mean, he said he's been treated great um, throughout the city. And, you know, I think that there's probably some awareness of people in the city that having the Super Bowl here, which, you know, the commissioner has to be okay with in order to happen, is an incredible economic boon for the city. You know, it brings in, you know, somewhere around you know, $500 million to the city. So you look at the different bars and restaurants and them being packed, they wouldn't be if the commissioner wasn't okay with the Super Bowl coming here. So I do think that there's some awareness of that from the people who are in this city. But, yeah, I've seen some, you know, signs and posters and jokes and whatnot about him and the bounty scandal and such. But, you know, he is a man of high office and certainly understands that that comes with the territory. Well, you know, from a guy who, who went to school up here in New York and now you're down there in New Orleans, what can you tell us about the atmosphere down there? Do you find any good restaurants? Oh, my gosh, dude. The atmosphere here is incredible. It is absolutely amazing. It is, uh, you know, for me, I- I've been blessed to go to a lot of Super Bowls, and I think the thing that makes the best Super Bowls is having a, a centralized atmosphere and energy, you know, not having things too spread out, but there being like a place to be where almost everyone is. And this is that kind of city where you're walking everywhere. There's so many different restaurants, bars, whatnot to go into. You can't escape the fact that the Super Bowl is here. If you were dropped here, you couldn't be placed anywhere in New Orleans without knowing that's going on. And I think that's really the key to having an outstanding Super Bowl atmosphere. So this place is off the charts. It's beautiful. You know, it's in the 60s and sunny. Uh, and you also do have some outstanding restaurants. I got to eat at both of Emerald's places yesterday. So, yeah, I've, I have been privy to some wonderful meals down here in New Orleans. I'm jealous. Going from that the doesn't Fordham... compare to what we get up here, right? That, yeah, going from the Fordham <laughs> Cafeteria to uh, Emerald. Well, but you know what, man? I mean, if you go eat on Arthur Avenue... You guys know, you, you can have some pretty outstanding meals there. You start going to, whether it's Kino's Deli or 089 or Roberto's or, you know, any of the places on Arthur Avenue. You, you, you can have some pretty incredible meals where you guys are. Well, needless to say, I need another meal like a hole in the head. So let's move on to a, a different topic here. Let's. <laughs> you're going, man, I saw him last week and I was thinking the same thing. Let's yeah, talk. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks here. Ravens, 49ers. Obviously, it's a Super Bowl that a lot of people thought could happen. It finally has happened. Right now, in your mind, who's the favorite going into this game and why? Well, it's interesting. You know, I try and rely on more than just, you know, my own eyes talking to people who, you know, know both these teams, study the game, study film and such. And I feel like if I was going to say the general consensus is, the 49ers have a more talented team, more talented players, you know, 15 first-round picks on their squad who play big roles on their team compared to seven or eight for the Ravens. But the Ravens sort of have that mojo going right now. They're the ones that feel like the team of destiny. And we've seen over the last couple of years, Giants last year, Packers the year before, you know, a lot of times the team that has this emotional wave that they're riding does end up coming out on top. And I think for me, the way I look at it, you know, I do give the Ravens a little bit of an edge. I think they're going to win this game. I think the Niners may have, you know, all around better talent. Uh, and I think, you know, Colin Kaepernick on his best day may be more dynamic than Joe Flacco, as well as Flacco's played. But I think that Flacco is more likely to be steady than Kaepernick still, because we're only talking about, you know, a handful or so starts for Kaepernick. And I also, I think there's something to the momentum the Ravens are riding. They're talking to a couple of the players who are on Baltimore, describing what Ray Lewis has been like this week. They just say he, you know, his motivational tactics are at an all-time high. The way he's inspiring this guy, the way he's flying around the field, and this team has really picked up its play since Ray made his announcement, and since they made their changes on the offensive line into the offensive coordinator spot. And I think that the 49ers secondary is vulnerable too. And Joe Flacco has been the best quarterback in the league at throwing ball 20-plus yards down the field against that Niners secondary. I think that I think that the Ravens have a little something going right now and that where their strength is offensively can be exploited against the Niners. But I do think it's going to be an incredibly close contest. Well, you just brought up a huge name in the world of sports right now, Ray Lewis, namely because there was the report that came out that he used the deer antler spray. I, I, ha- <laughs> I have to ask you about this. Do you think he did it and then – what does this do to his legacy? Because there certainly are a lot of NFL players who are using some sort of substance to recover or, you know, there's a lot of juicing. So what do you think this does to him? I don't think it does anything. 
to his legacy? You know, I actually, Stephen A. and I asked that question yesterday. If somebody told you he did do it, he did the deer antler spray, what would your reaction be? And my reaction in general would be so. You know, I think you'd have a bigger problem with the way he has been loud about saying he didn't do it and lying rather than whatever effects it actually had. I was talking to Bill Romanowski the other day, a man who is very familiar with different <laughs> substances, and he said that he believes deer antler spray is purely placebo effect. So, I mean, whether or not it actually helped him get back on the field or not, I have no idea. Whether or not he actually used it or not, I have no idea. But if he did or if he didn't, it doesn't change the way I view him as a player and as a leader. I also think that, you know, because his career is coming to an end uh, and he's back on the national spotlight and because he's been so outspoken about his faith and such, you know, he has received um, a, a, a target like he did 13 years ago about what happened in Atlanta that Super Bowl night in 2000. And, you know, I think that it's a little bit unfair because, now, it's fair in the sense that he never fully addressed and explained to the public exactly what went down that night, but it's a little bit unfair in the fact that he was exonerated in a way that is stronger than a not guilty verdict in that the charges against him for murder were dropped. And I feel like a lot of the stories this week were painting him as a murderer, which if you go back and read as much evidence as you can, there really isn't much to substantiate that. His role in what happened in Atlanta you know, is up for grabs, and certainly he pled guilty to obstruction of justice. And, you know, if you're helping murderers get away with a crime, that's something that absolutely should be taken into account and put on your ledger permanently. But is it more potent than a man who spent 13 years, you know, reclaiming that image, being an unbelievably positive influence in the Baltimore community, an incredible leader, and an outstanding football player as well? I think that... You know, Ray Lewis has spent the last 13 years of his life doing as much good as he possibly can while also playing the best football he possibly can. And that's what I think about more, because I think as poor a decision as he made and as big a mistake as he made in the night of Atlanta, I don't believe it was murder. And I believe it shouldn't be eclipsed by what he's done over the last decade and a half. Well, your reaction was so. My reaction was, what in God's creation is deer antlers? Well, and I got to <laughs> tell you, yeah. Ryan, I yeah. use it before every broadcast, and I have noticed a noticeable uptick. I, I, I suggest so. you do the same. I don't know. I don't know about that one. If the deer antler spray is getting Bob Ayers to say, you're doing fine, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're if you're getting it not bad, then it's clearly not working. If you've gotten to the level of fine, you're doing fine, there's the highest level of praise in which Bob Aarons can just bestow upon you. Fair enough. We're going after our executive sports producer, of course, Bob Aarons. But let's uh, get back to the Super Bowl here because there's no uh, amount of PEDs that I could use that would make me pertinent to the game. So let's talk about the <laughs> game. Who really has the most to prove this week? Because obviously Joe Flacco goes into the offseason here without a contract, but he's had a great postseason. Colin Kaepernick's just a kid. I think this is his 10th or 11th start. Who is it someone on offense, defense, a coach? Who, who has something to prove? You know, I don't, it's an, that's a good question. I don't know if there's any one person who has something to prove because I think if you look at the 49ers, you would say, okay, you know, their roster – has a lot of people who are going to be there for a long time. You know, they have a talent base that's excellent. They have a head coach that's excellent. They have a quarterback that looks like he could be excellent for a long time. So if you lose the game, you're disappointed, of course, because it's so difficult to get back to this point. Even if you're the best team in the league, you might get knocked off at some point in the postseason and not get back here. But I think you would still view it as, you know, a season which was a success. You took another step forward, and you have a lot to be thankful for for the future. You know, I think the Ravens was seen as a little bit more of an impediment because the very fiber of their team is going away this year. Now, you may say that their offensive production will maintain next year because they have plenty of young pieces, including their quarterback. And defensively, you know, Ray Lewis's production at this point could be replaced. But his presence, I don't think, can. And, you know, he has been the heartbeat of this team for so long that I think it's going to be interesting to adjust to that. So I think there's more urgency for the Ravens to win this Super Bowl simply because I don't think it will be as easy for them to get back to this point as it will San Francisco. And I remember talking to Ozzie Newsom just a couple of weeks ago, the Ravens general manager, and he said, you know, it has been so valuable that if we have a message we need to get across the team, we have a point that we need to make. We have a guy who we can just go to. He gets it done and everyone listens, and that's Ray Lewis. So when you lose that, you know, the definition of your team is going to change even if the talent doesn't. 
And that's why I think there's more urgency on the team. But as far as any individual who faces more pressure than any other, I don't think there's one person who I put more on than any other player on the field. Now, I think a guy under a lot of pressure, Alden Smith, he had 19 and a half sacks during the regular season. So I want to ask you, Ryan, how do you think he does in the Super Bowl? Justin Smith, he's starting to get healthier and healthier by the week. And do you think that has any impact on Alden Smith? Just how important is he to the Niners? You know what? Uh, he's incredibly important. I think that's one of the big matchups you're going to watch. You know, this Ravens offensive line has been so excellent at keeping Joe Flacco upright uh, over these last you know few weeks since they made the changes on the offensive line and moved Michael Orr from the left side to the right. You know, Colecchio Semele, uh, who I actually broadcasted him at the Pinstripe Bowl a couple years ago. He's he's done a great job in his new role as well. So I mean, the offensive line has been much improved. Brian McKinney as left tackle. That's something you need to watch out for because Alden Smith, if you want to talk about – if Joe Flacco has time, I do not think the 49ers secondary is good enough to hold down Torrey Smith and Vaughn Bolden and even throw Jacoby Jones, Dennis Pitta in there. If Joe Flacco's under pressure, he will make some poor decisions. He'll do some things like, whoa, whoa no, what are you doing there? You <laughs> I've know? seen those before. Absolutely, and he can't do much with his legs. So if they keep him upright, you know, I think he's going to really have a big game. And so obviously it's important – if you're going to keep him upright to slow down Alden Smith. Now, Alden Smith says, hey, this is just a matter of more attention being paid to him and his teammates picking up the slack. But, you know, you need to – your playmakers need to make plays. It sounds simple, but, you know, Lou Pinella used to always say that, like, in order to win, you need to make plays, right? If you think about the giant Super Bowls, this is a reference point in recent years, but think about the plays that were made by some of those key defensive linemen. You had – the strip at the end of the half in Super Bowl 42 from OCU Minora. You have the huge sacks from Michael Strahan and Justin Tuck in Super Bowl 42. Last year, you had the, the safety because of the pressure of Tuck, and then a couple big sacks on third down from him as well. You know, those defensive ends, they have to make what Jason Pierre-Paul slamming Tom Brady as he throws a lob up that's intercepted by Chase Blackburn. Those playmakers on defense, they need to make plays in order for you to win because when you have two teams that are close, there isn't going to be much that separates them. So I think it's imperative that Alden Smith goes in and wrecks this game in order for the 49ers to win. But I am not sure he will simply because that Ravens offensive line has been so good since they made their changes. We're talking with Ryan Rucco of ESPN Radio New York and the Yes Network, of course, a WFUV alum. Ryan, you talked about Alden Smith and Michael Orr there a little bit. Is that the matchup that you're going to be focusing on most throughout the game, or are you looking somewhere else? Is it's a matchup that you can't take your eyes off of? You know what? I, I'm going to be looking at that, but I think the matchup I'm going to be looking at more is Vernon Davis against those Ravens linebackers. Because Vernon Davis, he actually he was kind of, you know, he hit behind the spotlight a little bit with Colin Kaepernick. And Michael Crabtree was really the player that – came to the forefront. But then last week, Vernon Davis just got wide open against Atlanta and really found a rhythm with Kaepernick and had a huge, huge game. And the Ravens linebackers were able to do an excellent job against Aaron Hernandez and the short passing game of the Patriots. I'll be interested to see if they can hang with Vernon Davis in the same way. Because I don't know, you know, do you think of Ray Lewis as a cover linebacker at this point? Probably not, you know. Uh, I think that'll be the interesting matchup, watching Vernon Davis go up against the Ravens linebacking core. All right, so you knew this time was coming, Ryan. What is your prediction for this game? Who wins it? And are you going salsa or guacamole? Which one's Mike going to eat on Super Bowl Sunday? I, you know what? It's such a difficult call because we all know my feeding habits are you know, very odd. I've seen the man <laughs> eat gravel before, which is the strangest practice I've ever seen from a, a homeo sapien on this earth. So I, I will say that I'm going to say that Mike goes with block. And as he has his block, he watches the Ravens beat the 49ers 27-20. to 20, And Anquan Bolton is the MVP with six catches for 133 yards and two touchdowns. And he completes what has been about as impressive a postseason from a wide receiver as we've seen sometimes. Hey, Julian, can you can you clip that in the back, the six catches for 133 yards? I hear we've got that. Ryan, obviously, <laughs> he, hey, he's good, man. A Fordham and WFUV alum, television voice of Fordham men's basketball and Nets basketball on Yes and on ESPN New York with Stephen A. Smith. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. You got it, guys. Anytime, happy to be with you and 
and, and keep treating Obi-Wan Bob Aaron's well, all right? When he says, you're doing fine. You're really doing great. I appreciate you guys having me. <laughs> Thanks a we lot, will. Ryan. Thank you. So, obviously, um, needless to say, we, we now have the um, – the confidence to continue on when Bob says we're doing just fine. Ryan Rucco, one of the great guys in radio, glad he was able to come on, and he's been hosting this week in football this year on he's Yes. He's missing Stephen A, too. Stephen A is up here. Uh, I saw him at the Nets game mm-hmm. against the Heat on Wednesday night, so he's he's down there doing the show. Well, it's not a one-man crew because Stephen calls in, but still, you know, I'm sure he's enjoying it down there. It sounds like it. Needless to say, the real deal, but uh, – we're going to be getting Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Baltimore Ravens. No relation. Take my word for it. No relation. Uh, I, I saw a few articles about him. He had to uh, deal with yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah, after the Penn State scandal. It's Jerry with a G, and he makes that clear in his Twitter profile. Uh, he is the voice of the Ravens since 2006 on WBAL. He'll be with us in a moment as will sports columnist Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News, who's been covering the 49ers. They're both coming up. But let's talk a little bit about what Ryan Rucco had to say. He's calling the Ravens in this game, and he says that despite maybe a, a difference in talent that, that he might perceive, what what do you take away from his prediction? Well, I, I like the uh, Anquan Bolden prediction. I really do because yeah. I think if Flacco's on, and Bolden's going to have that kind of game and really – leave his mark on this Super Bowl because the guy look I was I was talking to uh someone here at, at the radio station about him and he has not have a, had a thousand yards season since he's come to Baltimore and that's a, an impact of playing with Joe Flacco he's kind of an erratic quarterback and Bolden really wasn't shining here like he was in Arizona he comes over here he's all of a sudden in the postseason Flacco's turning it on he's getting the ball a lot he's playing exceptionally well and I really like what I'm seeing out of Anquan Bolden. This is an an MVP-type guy in the playoffs, uh, and I think that you know Ryan's right that he might win this MVP award. But if Alden Smith plays pretty well, Justin Smith, Patrick Willis, that 49ers defense shines like it did in the days of Mike Singletary when he was coached, then you know what? It, it, could, it certainly could leave an impact on Joe Flacco, and the Niners could take this one. And Patrick Willis, obviously a guy who can inflict that kind of defensive presence upon the Ravens. You look at the Ravens, as of right now, I, I checked their injury report today. They are pretty much injury-free. Obviously, Webb is a different right. problem and altogether. That's a, that's a big injury, too. It absolutely is a big injury. But you look at all the other guys, everyone else is probable. I believe everyone practiced in full this week, so... Hopefully that means we're going to have a good Super Bowl. It's always disappointing when an injury plays a big role in a game this big, though. And we'll have to see uh, whether or not any Harbaugh's pull a Belichick and cut a player the day before the Super Bowl. <laughs> that, I mean, that was absurd. Yeah, it really I think it was, was Tyquan Underwood. Right. And uh, you got to feel bad for that guy. You know, he's, he makes the trip down there, he's with the team, and all of a sudden, bam, you're gone. I'm not one to make comments about class, but uh, that that's one where maybe it, it doesn't come to fruition but uh, Bill Belichick there a little bit questionable he didn't win so you know you can question him however you want (laughs) fair enough uh we're we're gonna have Jerry Sandusky and Mark Purdy on here in just a moment man from the Ravens man from the 49ers uh, sides of the country to talk a little bit about it I do want to raise a quick stat while we have this moment while they're while they're getting the two together for our little debate this is the 20th straight year if you can believe this that a Nebraska Cornhusker has played in the Super Bowl, <laughs> Sam Cook, the punter for the Ravens. Could you care any less about that stat? I saw it today and just laughed out loud. Once Eric Crouch stopped <laughs> playing for the home Cornhuskers, I could care less about them. I loved him, man, and he got drafted by the, the Rams, and they made him a wide receiver. Uh, it's not fair. He was a Heisman candidate, I think. It's not fair. <laughs> he should be playing quarterback for the Jets. I think he won the Heisman, no less. I, I think Nebraska. he did, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, never since he's been gone. It was him. Remember Joe, Joey Harrington over there in Oregon? Those were the days, man. Those were the Ken Dorsey. He, in Miami. Those were the days. Uh, now it's you know, now we got to talk about Sam Cook. That's the big story of the Super Bowl. That that really is the big story. That's, a, that's an unbelievable stat, really. <laughs> it's it's honestly the best we can do. Obviously, uh, not a lot of connections between these two teams. I went searching for some connections between the Ravens and the 49ers, and the only guys that have played for both – Pretty small names. Obviously, the Harbaugh's are one major connection you can make. But in terms of players, it seems like it's a a fairly distant matchup. I want to ask you a question. Sure. uh, Because you were talking about, you know, digging stuff up. I was looking through the week at some fun facts about the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl, and I saw that 
The Cleveland Browns have never played in the Super Bowl no. before, right? They have last been there in 1964 before it was the Super Bowl. Right. So who are the other three teams who have uh, never played in the Super Bowl? <laughs> you should know them. They're like family to you, right? Uh, They're like Minnesota. Uh, maybe? No, no. 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 Fair enough. I'm uh, I'm running with Nick Legerfo in the back. He's not helping me. This trivia contest. Do we have any music well, for this? He's got a, he's while got we're a, waiting. He's got a purple shirt on, so obviously he's going to tell the Vikings. Of course he's going to say the Vikings. The Lions, maybe. Yes, yes, the Lions yes. are one. They're up in the Great Lakes region. Uh, the Bills have made it, so that's a no go. Yeah, we know. We all uh, know the, that one. The Texans. Yes. Who are new, obviously. One more. And uh, the Jaguars. Yes. The Jaguars. So the, the ja- Lions, the, the Jaguars, Jaguars and the, the Texans. No, no, it's two kittens uh, that probably won't go anywhere, uh, <laughs> and the Texans, which I think have the logo of a raging bull. So obviously a slight difference there. Jerry Sandusky and Mark Purdy going to be joining us here in a moment. They're going to be debating a little bit from either side of the country. Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Baltimore Ravens on WBAL. Mark Purdy, a sports columnist for the San Jose Mercury News. We're going to be talking to Mark about this in a second, and I'll pose the question to them. But he had an interesting article this uh, past week that he thinks the MVP of this game will be a defensive player, which to me is mind-blowing. I don't know, though, because you have two fantastic defenses matching up against each other. Think about that. Think about all the stars. On the other side, you have Ray Lewis, Ross sure. Suggs. You have uh, Haloni Nada. You, you know, and then on the other side, Ed Reed, too. And on the other side, you have the 49ers D, which is star-studded with Smith and Willis and we were just talking about, and the other Smith. And I, I could certainly see something like that happening Uh it's hard to think, though, that a guy as talented as Colin Kaepernick and a guy as talented as Torrey Smith or, you know, Anquan Bolden, Ray Rice, Frank Gore would not get the MVP. Who, or, you know, who do you think is going to get the MVP? I, my MVP is Frank Gore. That's so, my that's my uh, my dark horse. He's right under there. the radar a little bit there, but we'll ask Mark Purdy about that in just right, a second right. as we have both of them with us. Jerry Sandusky is the voice of the Baltimore Ravens on WBAL. Since 2006, we begin with you, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing great. It's kind of crazy, but we're having fun. Absolutely. And on the other end of the country, although I think you guys are both in New Orleans, I hope so, Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News covering the Bay Areas and the 49ers. Mark's uh, hopefully here in New Orleans. How's the food down there? (laughs) Uh, I think I put on about 10 pounds. (laughs) Fair enough. I want to be there, man. Let's begin here with Jerry. Only got a few minutes here with us. I want to begin with Art Modell real quick because people forget that way back at the start of this season, he passed away. The team was going to play the season out for him. Is that still something that's been going around in the locker room, or is it now more about Ray Lewis? Well, I think it's a combination. You have uh, Ray Lewis is the obvious story, and it's very present. But you still see a lot of people in the organization wearing the Art LaPel pin. John Harbaugh talked about Art. Ray Lewis considered Art a father figure. So Art is very much a part of this team's hopes for a victorious Sunday, as well as hopes that Art gets elected into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. Now, you know, there's, it's obviously the Harbaugh Bowl. It's been coined in New Orleans. And what can you say about the job that the Ravens front office did hiring John Harbaugh? At the time, did you see a Super Bowl coming up so soon? Look, I, I think you have to say it was a genius move, a bold move. There was a guy who had been a, a special teams coordinator, one year as a secondary coach, had never been a head coach at any level. But Steve Fischotti, Dick Cav, Kevin Byrne, their selection committee, they saw not only John's pedigree as a coach's son, but they saw his vision, they saw his skill set, and they saw the head coach he could easily become, and he has become that and more. Now, Mark, let's turn a little bit to you here as well as Jerry. This kind of goes for both of you. Storylines galore right now. Obviously, you look back at it, Cam Cameron being fired by the Ravens, Alex Smith being benched by the 49ers. As you look back at it, which decision do you think will begin with Mark is going to have a bigger impact on this game? I should add, I can't hear Jerry, so I don't know what he said. <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear you guys, but for some reason I can't hear Jerry. So uh, it'll be hard for me to agree or disagree with him. Fair enough. Well, uh, <laughs> but but I, 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 you know, I don't know enough about the, the Ravens' uh, coaching dynamics to know uh, the, the answer on their end. Uh, I can say that with the 49ers, uh, you know, it really resonated even in the locker room 
when uh, when uh, Jim Harbaugh made that choice because Alex Smith, he'd been with the 49ers a while. He was captain of the team that they elected. His teammates elected him captain of the team. And so when that switch was made in the middle of the season, uh, there were a lot of guys looking at each other going, what just happened? And, uh, you know, everybody said, well, look, he's the head coach. He makes the decision. And, but there was really a lot of potential for that to go sideways if Kaepernick had not performed the way he did. And, and I don't think uh, people didn't like him. But they just weren't sure. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't seeing exactly the same things that uh, Jim Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, saw. But the kid, he's only 25. He won. You know, he won him over. He won over. It was. It was really important to almost as much to win over the locker room as anything else. I mean, it was a big risk, and and obviously uh, it's going to have a huge impact on the game just because Kaepernick can do more things than than Alex Smith did. Now I've been the bad guy in this in, uh, in this show, I guess, with the Ray Lewis stuff. Jerry, I gotta ask you: Have you seen any changes in the Ravens? Maybe they're even more inspired to go out and get this win. Do you think Ray Lewis did this? And if he did, with all the you know, with all the PEDs in football right now, does this taint his legacy, the deer antler spray? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not in position to question his integrity. If Ray Lewis says he didn't do it. If John Harbaugh believes him, if there's no drug test to prove otherwise, I think a guy like Ray Lewis, who's a future Hall of Famer, I think you know you have to take his word at face value. If the future shows something different, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think we all looked at baseball and see we were naive. I think we all looked at Lance Armstrong and think we're naive. And I think it's natural and probably healthy for all of us, as in the sports writing, sports broadcast community, and sports fans to look at athletes with a, you know, an eye of skepticism. But that said, if a guy says, I did not do X, until there's evidence to prove otherwise, we have to believe it. Now, guys, uh, I look back at last season, and it's interesting. Guys, I hate to do this, but they're calling me for my TV show, so I've got to run. By I apologize, but it's on to the next thing. That's how Super Bowl week runs. Right? <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, they Jerry, thank you so Thank much. you. You got it, guys. Apologies. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Ravens on WBAL since 06. And just about to ask him about the excitement of of calling the Super Bowl, but it appears we'll have to pass on that for now. We'll continue on here with sports columnist Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News here. I I was starting there to talk a little bit about why – it's so interesting that special teams ended really both teams' seasons a year ago. A, a muffed punt for the 49ers, a, a, a missed field goal for Billy Cundiff and the Ravens. Do you think special teams could play that big a role again this year for these teams? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be decided in the trenches. The reason I'm picking the 49ers is just their offensive line has been, uh, you know, it's among it's among the best in football. You know, how do you rate what's, who's the best or not? But the commonality in the two playoff games they've played is that um, in the second half, the offensive line of the 49ers has worn down opponents. Um, they It was almost comical in the Green Bay game how they were pushing the Green Bay uh, guys off the line and getting Frank Gore four, five, six yards minimum when he ran the ball. And then uh, the same thing happened in Atlanta. Now, the Ravens are very good defense. You know, maybe it won't happen this time, but I, I think that that is, is – ultimately what's going to decide the game. The special team, you know, the, the, the 49ers better hope special teams don't decide it because a field goal kicker is pretty <laughs> hippie at this point. <laughs> True. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, he did make one field goal in one of those games. I, 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 and it's, uh, you know, it's in a dome stadium. He's, I, you know, I, I just don't see him affecting the game. And uh, I think their punt return situation is, you know, people forget Kyle Williams was their backup returner last year, and he was thrown into that game, uh, probably not really ready to do it. Um, you know, Ted Ginn Jr. has been doing it a long time, and he, I think he'll catch the ball on the punt returns. Now you were talking about the Niners' offensive line. I want to ask you about their defensive line, their front seven there, really. Uh, with Justin and, Al- and Alden Smith, I was talking about this before with Ryan Rucco, and, you know, Justin Smith, what, do you think he's getting healthier by the week? How does he look, and is that going to help Alden Smith have a good game? Do you think he's really uh, one of the key players on the Niners' side? Justin Smith is the key player on the, on the 49ers. Everything else kind of revolves around him. Uh, you know, you're never going to find out exactly how his arm's feeling. Uh, I have to think the two weeks rest in between would help some. 
but it's not 100%. We know that. Um, he did, I, you know, we don't get to see all the practices, but he did come out without the brace one day. I think he'll still play with the brace on the, on the elbow, on the arm. Um, but uh, the one thing he does is he basically occupies two guys, so that allows Eldon Smith next to him a little extra room to operate, and, uh, you know, it also helps Patrick Willis playing behind him. Um, so, you know, I think he, he's, he's certainly good enough to, to occupy two guys, and he's still, he's still really, you know, strongest guy on the team easily. And, uh, you know, just as much, he's actually he's kind of the, the, the leader of that defense uh, kind of attitudinally. Patrick Willis is more the cerebral leader. But, um, you know, they call him Justin the Cowboy, and, and he's, that, he's like a John Wayne-type personality. They, the guys like to have him in the huddle and follow him. Um, so I'm sorry, but my boss is yelling at me to get my deadline. <laughs> so I'm going to have to sign off. Uh, and uh, enjoy talking to you, and we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I don't know. Will Beyonce lip sync or not, I think seems to be the big question. <laughs> I say... I say she will, but I'm still sticking with a defensive MVP prediction. I think, you know, it's happened seven times before in the Super Bowl. I think if it's going to happen on either side, it's going to be this year. Great. Good talking to you. I could see it. Be yeah, good. you too. Thank you, Mark. Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News. He covers the Bay Area and the 49ers. A sports columnist for them. You can find him on Twitter at Merc Purdy. I thought that was a funny little uh, pun he's got there. Zin Mercury News. So at M E R C. P-U-R-D-Y, Merck Purdy is the way to find him on Twitter. And Jerry Sandusky, at Jerry Sandusky on Twitter. You can get a hold of both of them. And, and obviously thanks to both of them for coming on, as well as Ryan Rucco, who we had on earlier in this show. But now it's all about us, Kenny. We're, we're going to bring it back into our studios here and discuss this game top to bottom before we let you, the people, go and watch this game uh, and and take away what you will, Kenny. What 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 do you take away from all the calls, and what are your first thoughts here? Well, first of all, he said, "Will Beyonce lip sync or not?" The answer I, to me is an obvious yes. I, I I think I don't know. I don't know about this one. The, the, if you do the national anthem and you lip sync it, then yeah, you could, you probably could. I think though that there's uh, I, I'm in this little uh, questionnaire. You know, it's it's you know what who's going to be the first player to score the first touchdown. And one of the questions was, is Beyonce going to use a microphone or a headset? I said microphone. Do you agree? Actually, no, I said head. I said headset. I, I go microphone. You go microphone. You know, we're actually going to have a, a couple of predictions I, I want to bring up in our prediction segment. Nick says headset. I don't know what Julian says. Is I, I Beyonce going to use a headset or a microphone? He says a microphone, so, so me and, and Julian are on the same boat, which is probably bad. You know, you know the um, feeling she's going to be moving around, doing her thing. <laughs> Honestly, the fact that she's getting airtime on this show, I, I don't. I'm sorry this for bringing is, it up. This is worse than when Joe what? Buck got you know a what? full two minutes. <laughs> you know what? Mark brought it up though. <laughs> no, it was a good interview though. I can't blame him for bringing up Beyonce at the end there. No, me neither, and obviously she'll be starting things. Julian says Beyonce I, is his girl. I don't really I, blame I, that's, him. That's questionable. I don't, uh, I don't it, know. It, it, well, he's also wearing a Jets shirt, so oh, I think there are multiple. Low blow. You, you, it is a low on, blow. Man. It's too too late for that. Let's talk about the game here because at the end of the day, that's all anyone's really going to remember unless there happens to be a wardrobe malfunction. When you look at the Ravens, I look at their offense, and I, I see a lot of weapons, but I don't see – all those weapons truly clicking the way they need to click to really outpace this 49ers defense. Where are you on that? Um, I think the Niners defense right now is, I'm, I'm going to say it, I think it's the strongest unit in this game. I really do think so. I think that, yeah, you know, Ryan was mentioning the secondary could be at risk, but I think it's sturdy enough, and look, you have the pass rush, and that's really, you look at the past Super Bowls, how do you beat Tom Brady? You rush the passer. And that's exactly what the Giants did. Joe Flacco, another guy who, if he's pressured, he's not going to do well. And the Niners right now, they are they are looking pretty solid on the defensive end. And I really think that they're – look, you people will bring up that they let up 14 points to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan does not equal Joe Flacco, okay? Matt Ryan is a lot better in the pocket. He's uh, uh, maybe – uh, he has more accuracy than Joe Flacco. The arm might be a little – uh, a little equal there, but uh, he's nowhere near Joe Flacco, and or Joe Flacco's nowhere near Matt Ryan. I, I phrased that wrong. Nonetheless, I, I still think that Joe Flacco is going to have some trouble. 
Well, and, and I think about Joe Flacco. I just don't really think he's there. At the same time, I think about Colin Kaepernick, and I, I know it's early. I really get that. I do. There's something about this kid, and I can't really personify it. I don't know if it's that you know peace patch beard that he's got going that, that makes me believe in his confidence. I don't know, or the tattoos. I don't know. But there's something in me that says this kid has the moxie as a second-year player with 10 starts under his belt to go into New Orleans, a, a loud dome atmosphere, and beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Gee, I Mike, feel it. I, I don't know why you'd say that. Maybe because he broke the rushing record for quarterbacks in a playoff game? Yeah, and I just I, don't I think mean, this stage is too game. big for him. A lot of people no, say it's too big for him. I disagree. I agree. I, I don't understand how you can look this kid you can look at this kid and say, no, he's not going to win. He won the NFC Championship game. He won the divisional round. He, you know, led this team to a high seed and where they are right now. But no, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. He's made it this far. He's done a tremendous job. He's been phenomenal as a dual threat back. He's really carried this offense. Uh, come on. He has, he has to have a good game. There's no way this kid's going to lay down now. He's got a rocket arm. He's got everything you would want. That's what I said about the Niners a few weeks back. They have everything that you want. They have Kaepernick, an exciting dual threat back. They have a good defense. I'll get into the whole spiel later when we, when we make our predictions, but yeah. what don't you like about the Niners, well, honestly? I sit here and look at the injuries to the Smiths. Alden, I think, is obviously the bigger injury of the two. If they aren't at full speed, I think there's a significant problem in that secondary. I think there's a major concern that they can get torched the way they did against Atlanta just a w two weeks ago where Julio Jones went completely bananas, which I called, by the way. I don't think we have that, that written down, but he went bananas. How do you spell you that? I'm kidding. B a n a n a s. Yes, it's. <laughs> I I know how to spell bananas because of a certain song. The, yes. yes. Okay. To to Gwen Stefani, I I look at the the receivers for Baltimore, and I think that's a major concern if the pass rush doesn't do anything to Joe Flacco. A point that Ryan Rucco raised. I I completely agree with you. I think that the Niners' defense is. Uh, I I think that Jim Harbaugh has done a good enough job motivating them. Uh, and especially even through Alex Smith's time, you know, because sometimes you see it with the Jets this year. Somewhat they have Rex Ryan, right? And Rex Ryan really motivates his squad because the offense it's it's trash. The offense is trash, but the defense anchors that team. And a lot of times, if your offense is trash, your defense is less inclined to give a hundred percent effort because they know they're going to be out there a lot and they know that they might lose the game. So why you know bust my butt? when we're just going to get blown out by 25 points. And with Alex Smith at the helm for a very long time, you know, that was the case. You didn't know if Alex Smith was going to get you a win. And now all of a sudden you have Kaepernick in there, you're excited to play, and that could even raise the level of this defense, and I think it has in the playoffs. But you got to give the Harbaugh and the whole coaching staff credit for keeping this defense very uh, intrigued and bought into this system for long enough to bring in Kaepernick and to make this run to the Super Bowl. Obviously an interesting offensive decision there, and I always look at, at how teams line up, and you look at Atlanta. We had talked before that game, the San Francisco-Atlanta game, about the pistol and how much it was used. The pistol was used very sparingly against Atlanta, and that shows you how well they can game plan for really any defense. But you look at the other side of the football, you look at the Ravens' defense, and there's a stat that I found this week I went back and looked at their game against the Washington Redskins to see how they did against a mobile quarterback, much like Colin Kaepernick, Robert Griffin III. Seven carries, 34 yards, that's it. I think that's an exceptional defensive game against a quarterback. With that skill set, can they do it again to, to, the, to the 49ers offense? That's the question. I don't think so. You don't think so? Look at Alfred Morris and Frank Gore. You're not saying Alfred Morris is – he's good. He had an exceptional season. He's certainly season. good. It's definitely – Frank Gore's better. Really? Think about – and not only Frank Gore. Think about the, the running back uh, committee they have there. They have Gore, right? And right. he's the guy with the mo the bulk of the carries. Then you have Michael James bursting onto the scene. And, and I use the word bursting to describe 
uh, how Michael James runs. He's incredibly explosive at the running back position. And then is this only... where we mentioned Brandon Jacobs, or is he out? Oh, I wasn't going to mention. Okay, Brandon all right, Jacobs. continue. And then you also have you know, and then a receiver. People forget they have Delaney Walker behind Vernon Davis and a plethora of receiving options. The the offense, the offenses just don't compare for me, honestly. I mean, RG three compares to to Kaepernick somewhat with you know with certainly his talent, and you don't know. Uh, if RG3 is going to have a better career than Kaepernick, it, it looks likely. But, you know, if, if Kaepernick wins the Super Bowl in his first year and all of a sudden he takes off, people might forget about RG3. But nonetheless, I mean, this Niners offense is a lot better than the Redskins offense. And the quarterbacks, they're pretty comparable as well. Well, and I'm talking a little bit more about the Ravens' defense. Right, even but the, I, the, I, the still, sense. I still think that you can't say just because, sure. you know, they did that means that all of a sudden they're going to have no problem with the Niners. I think that they're different teams. All right, now let's take a look at this Ravens' defense by part, and, and I look at the linebacking core. The inside linebackers for the Ravens might be the best pair in the league. I don't think you really get any better – than what Ray Lewis has done, obviously, and they've got another inside linebacker who's just recently begun to make a name for himself in the league who's come a long way. And when you look at those two, obviously uh, uh, Darnell Ellerby, the name I'm looking for there, a stud. Those two combined, that that's a really good inside presence. And I think that's going to be trouble for Kaepernick. And then you look at Haloti Nada, who I think is an incredible defensive nose tackle, I think those three guys can slow down that run game enough that you're going to force Kaepernick to put it in the air. But is that a problem? Is that really a problem me. that Kaepernick throws the ball? <laughs> of course it's not. Of course it's not. Kaepernick's done a tremendous job in both facets of the game, and that's and that's honestly why it's been so hard to defend him because he can kill you with the pass and he can also kill you with the run if you guard too much against the pass. It's it's not a matter of the Ravens not being skilled enough to stop him because I agree with you that there's probably no better linebacking core in that sense in the league right now. Look at look at what Kaepernick's done. He's torched defenses, and these are playoff defenses. They're not regular season Buffalo Bills, San Diego Chargers defenses. These are legit teams that they're just mowing down with their offense. Let's uh, obviously talk a little offense, a little defense for both sides. Let's talk special teams for a moment. We talked a little oh bit boy. with Mark Purdy, and he made it clear that he is not really a big fan of David Akers right now, and I don't know that I blame him. I really don't. You look at, at that deficiency, Ted Ginn Jr., obviously a skilled punt returner uh, at times, and you look at the kick returners that the Ravens bring out. I believe Jacoby Jones is the one who's got a 30.2 kickoff return average. That's incredible. Let's not beat around the bush. That's really, really good. I think the Ravens have a massive opening there to take that, and really if they can win that in one other area of the game, they're through, they win the Super Bowl. Well, I look when I look at this special teams matchup, I agree with you that both kick returners are exceptional. And you know, if it weren't for Kyle Williams fumbling the ball last a year, year ago, right? Right. We I mean, we might even be talking about the Niners' special teams again. And I mean, Williams wasn't that bad. Ginn, though, uh, one of the most explosive in the league. I don't, I I don't know if I would put him in my top five returners. No, I, I don't think I would. I don't either. think I would either because there's, I mean, there are just so many talented guys, especially the Trendon Holiday, the perfect season that we were talking about last week. Yeah. Um. So, but still, two explosive guys, and you need someone on special teams to get it done. And then, you know, you have Sam Cook, Nebraska, carrying on that legacy. So important in this game. But David Akers, to me, uh, I was thinking about this. Was he going to leave an impact on this game in a bad way? I, I've been talking up the Niners offense so much that the Niners offense, I don't think that they get into a situation where, I think if it's fourth and two, you know, you're on the, the 35-yard line, they go for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they put Acres out there for a fifty-plus yard field goal. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be in a position to mess this game up for the Niners. Now, Justin Tucker, on the other hand, I really think he's had an exceptional rookie season. I think that he could be a difference maker. You know, in in a late game scenario, if he had to kick the game-winning field goal from fifty-plus yards, I think he'd hit it. You know, if he had to kick two consecutive 50-yard field goals to keep the Ravens in the game, I think he'd hit them. I think, you know, he could be as impactful on a game as a kicker can really be. 
Sure. And the one thing I forgot about, and you may have forgotten about, or you just didn't want to make me look stupid, which isn't that difficult, Nick Legerfo brought it up. Punt return and a kick return for a touchdown returned by the Broncos against this Ravens special teams. So maybe there are some that. openings that exist there. Amit Badlani is in the back. He, he's the one who comes up with that exceptional statistic. Uh, the uh, recently graduated web manager that he was, the web manager emeritus, if you will, in the back helping out there. But obviously anytime you see that kind of, of error back-to-back in one game, uh, you do need to be concerned that the kick coverage and the punt coverage is not up to snuff, and that's Absolutely. maybe an area where the 49ers can take over special teams. I think it's well underrated as part of this game. I think everyone wants to talk about the three or four players, the the Ray Lewis, the Patrick Willis, the Smiths, the uh, Kaepernick, and Flacco, and those are the guys that are going to make the big difference, but it very well could come on special teams, and in big games, it always seems to happen that way. There's, there's something, there's always a little niche. Remember last year, the safety started the Super Bowl. I mean, there's always that unpredictable element, and you're you're right, it could be the special teams. Well, and it's it's time. It's time. It's time. We've gone all the way through this. We have music. One pick them to, to, to do it all. There it is. To end it all. This is it. Do you want to just throw away all the results from all year? I don't think we could do that, though, because I have the feeling we might be going with the same squad suit. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. I would, though. But, all right. I mean, it would be like we'd both win the guacamole prize. <laughs> Where is the guacamole, by the way? I was I was told we would have guacamole. I was told that. Ruko knew I wanted it, but fair enough. We're going to make a couple of predictions here because there's plenty of time. You know what? For us yeah, you're right. So. Uh, let's do it. Let's throw them all out. More total yards in this game. Frank Gore or Ray Rice? Kenny, what say you? Frank Gore. Frank Gore is your Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion. All right. Ray Rice says Nick Legerfo. Kenny, uh... Julian says Ray Rice, too. I say Ray Rice with his exceptional pass-catching oh, ability. So it's one nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, uh, as of right now, fair That's enough. Right. Kenny I mean, with the lead, apparently. I'm winning. because That's Frank why Gore. they play the game. And we'll save that clip, too, so I can embarrass myself next week. <laughs> Which player will come away with the most sacks in this game? The Smith brothers, maybe? Will it be Ellerby? Who could it be? Kenny, what says you? Um, Terrell Suggs. Terrell, Terrell Suggs. Suggs. Interesting. So. Which Smith Gotta says Alden Smith says Nick Legerfo. Julian, he says it's T-Sizzle Terrell Suggs. T-Sizzle. T-Sizzle. That's garbage. Darnell Ellerby says me. I love the kid. All right. Keep Even going. though I inadvertently. You have, you, have, you have fun with that. 0-2. I, I'm 0-2. Fair enough. Most tackles by a player in this ball game. Maybe Ed Reed could come up. Ray Lewis. You could say Ellerby or Patrick Willis. Kenny. Um, I am going to go with not Ray Lewis, but Patrick Willis. In the back, Patrick Willis says Nick Legerfo. And Ray Lewis, of course Ray Lewis. Of course Why wouldn't Julian's it be Ray Lewis, says Ray Julian. Lewis. Oh. I'm going to go with Patrick Willis in this one mainly because I think there will be more rushing attempts by the Ravens than by the 49ers. Thank uh, you, Mike. Some you, more finally, opportunities. You, you finally made a good pick. There you go. I, I got one for you. More rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Or Frank Gore? Colin Kaepernick. I'm going with Colin Kaepernick on that. Kaepernick says Legerfo. Gore says uh, Julian. Well, obviously I said Gore is going to be the MVP, so I have to go with that. Yes. But I just thought that was that was interesting because Colin Kaepernick, he knows how to run that football. Yeah, and obviously he, uh, he has been ringing up the rushing yards. More missed field goals in this game. Ooh, this is a good one. Justin Tucker or, of course, David Akers, who's had a very rough offseason. I think Tucker misses more uh, in this game than David Akers. I was going to say that. agreeing with me is Nick Legerfo, but Julian does not agree. He thinks uh, David Akers just going to just going to wet the bed here. I thought I was going to be the cool kid and be the different one. I'll <laughs> go with Akers. I was going to – because Tucker is a rookie. You never know with the rookies. That's where I'm at. One, I, I got to go with Akers. Uh, all right. Um – uh, I, I don't know if that one's appropriate, actually. <laughs> was, it was going to be a commercial-based question. All right, you know how over, over under yeah. Beyonce's halftime show, uh, eight minutes. Over. I think I think she totally blows it. Everyone says way over in the back. Don't tell me you're going under. Oh, well, I, I can't now. No. 
No. That was just, that was that a one's one. a wash. That one's a wash. Well, well, what else can you think of? No. Well, obviously, our, our pregame uh, national anthem singing over or under two minutes. An interesting story in the Wall Street Journal that it's been about 50-50 around that two-minute mark. I'm going under. You're going under. That's How right. long is the national anthem going to be, Nick Legerfo? He says two minutes even? Is that where you're going? Does, does, it's an over-under, man. Can that happen? Can that happen? <laughs> <laughs> he goes over, as does Julian. Come on, over two minutes? Billy Joel was over like, two, it was Billy a Joel. And yeah, and that, and that was considered a really long <laughs> national anthem. How, how can you even say that? Kenny, uh, do you have any other predictions we need to make? Um, how about this? How All about right. uh, the first player to score in the Super Bowl. First player to score in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick on an eight-yard carry. How's that? Well, you're being really specific there. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Justin Cu Justin Tucker field goal. Nick Legerfo says it's Michael Orr coming off the blind <laughs> side with a fumble recovery. Julian, on the other hand, goes with Randy Moss. I was going to I was gonna ask a question about Randy Moss. Because... When Ra does Randy Moss score a touchdown, and does he have a Jerry Rice-themed uh, celebration? Oh, he won't have the <laughs> celebration, and he won't have the touchdown. All right. I'm, I'm saying no, too. Let's go ahead and talk here about the most important prediction of them all. It's the granddaddy of all predictions. It is the Super Bowl in the back. Nick Legerfo, he's usually pretty good at this kind of stuff, but he picked the Ravens. Uh, Why would he do that? Maybe because Ryan. Classic. He says it's a 27-21 ball game in favor <laughs> of the Ravens. That's a that's a hilarious joke. You should do stand-up comedy. And as for uh, Julian, 31-30 Ravens. No wonder I'm not going with Julian. He's wearing a jet sweatshirt. Who All right, you know that? what? That's it, Mike. We've gone through so much tor tor turmoil, dude. I I'm speechless because. The amount of turmoil we've gone through, switching GMs. There's been there's been <laughs> atrocity at the quarterback position. You gotta stop it with the Jets jokes. It's it's honestly it's as easy as it gets. I just stick with them. Kenny, give me a prediction. The Niners they have everything. They have a Harbaugh, which is which is trending upwards in the NFL. They have Frank Gore. They have Michael James, who's a great change of pace back. Receiving core, including the greatest receiver of all time, Randy Moss. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Right. Michael Crabtree, yeah. Vernon Davis, those big three. Manningham's out. They don't even care about him. The defense. Again, everything that you would want. Pass rush. I like their secondary. I like their linebacking core. I, I can't see them losing this Super Bowl. And you know what? I and I've, I I have, I'm a little skeptical though because I've said I think like three weeks in a row now that Ray Lewis is gonna lose, and he didn't lose, but I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm gonna go with the Niners, and I'm gonna say they win 34 to 27. 34 to 27. Two field goals on either side. As a Cleveland Browns fan, a self-proclaimed Cleveland Browns fan. I should have a deep-seated hatred for the Ravens, who moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. And I remember when they went to the Super Bowl way back when. I want to say that was against the Giants. Is that accurate? In, in 2000, back when Kerry Collins was still the quarterback and uh, Tiki Kerry Barber Collins. was still there. That those should have been Barber. my Browns. Alas, it was Baltimore playing at M&T Bank Stadium. Who do they think they are? With that they in are who mind, we thought they, were. they are exactly who we thought they were, but they weren't the Browns. These are still the old now. Browns, but I can't root for the Browns because I'm picking the 49ers. Hey, the Smiths, I think, will have a great game. They had two weeks off, plenty of time. They should be ready to pass rush. Colin Kaepernick is going to light it up. No one's going to be talking about Tim Tebow anymore. Talking about Kaepernicking. I do it all the time. I'm doing it right now. I'm Kaepernicking. I'm Kaepernicking by winning this confrontation and not kissing my bicep. Fair enough. I'm he wins. You need to hit the gym more if you want to kiss your bicep. As for me, I'm going to keep going with it. And I'm going to keep eating the, the guacamole. Is that like five times we mentioned guacamole now on this That's show? That's I'm getting hungrier by the minute here. Uh, Mike, 
I saw this interesting statistic Shoot. before we leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much each team has won by in 2012. Baltimore has six wins with uh, a winning margin of one to six points. The Niners only one win. The Niners have won five times by seven to 12 points. So Baltimore, very likely to keep this game close. Uh, so I think it should be a nail-biter all the way through. And, of course, those are the best kinds of Super Bowls. We will wrap up the entire season in Week 24 of NFL Friday in about, let's call it, in seven days. We'll do it then. But as for right now, for Nick Legerfo, our producer, and Julian Atienza, our engineer, for Kenny Ducey across the way from me, thanks for listening this week. I'm Mike Watts. Go Browns? No. No. Go no. 49ers. <laughs> this has been One on One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as the guys take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.